We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You made it back without coronavirus, huh? I, you know, they they told they say you gotta if you go to Hong Kong or whatever, you need to do like a fourteen day quarantine. But luckily enough, you know, we'll, we'll see in the next we'll see in the next couple days. Um, I am I had a two day jet lag. I'm struggling. I have never had that before. It's like when you turn in your late twenties into that. Now that I am, yeah, I don't want to hear and you. <laughs> and then you get and then you get your hangovers get worse. Remember you told me this a few years ago? I didn't believe you. Now that I'm like, fuck. Now the hangovers are two days. I've even gotten some three days. You know, it just gets better, I hear. It just gets better. Yeah, I mean, the whole aging thing, it's not fake news. It's a real <laughs> thing. You do get older. Things hurt more. Um, Unless you're Tom Brady. Um, you can yeah, just... but Tom, Tom Brady doesn't do anything fun. He just eats avocado ice cream. <laughs> Have you ever had avocado ice cream? No, and I'd be lying if I say I wasn't like intrigued to try it. But um, that's just kind of—I'm just kind of a curious guy. So that's what, that's what happens when you're in your mid thirties. I don't want no fucking avocado ice cream, dude. Yeah, Come I mean, I—I I can't see a scenario where I'm like, this is what I'm craving right now. <laughs> oh, I had—I had some interesting food in Asia. I had some—I uh, had some fried stingray, which was pretty damn good. Um, but other than that, I—I I tried to stay away from like. Like tons of raw food, just just uh, just in just case. Playing, just playing the odds. Just just in case, you know. So, um, but I'm I'll, all right. I, I I what's that? I was gonna say I'll never forget the first time I went to Hong Kong. Um, I was 18. I might have oh. been 19. It was like the summer between like high school and college, and I got a bowl of great white <laughs> shark soup. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was just like, it was forced down my throat too. And I'm like, well, I this 
is really rubbery. <laughs> it's like I was just and like you know what it's like when you're when you're that age, like when you don't have really perspective on other cultures and just kind of generally the first thing that happens when you go to college is your taste buds expand, right? So mm. I hadn't really got that. At that age I was like I this was like the most traumatic experience of my life. You didn't like it, huh? Was uh, it real shark fin? Was it real? Cuz that's expensive. I don't know. It wasn't. It, I, <laughs> I don't I, care. It wasn't expensive, so so maybe it was fake. Like I, I remember it being like the equivalent of like ordering like I don't know, like a you know an eight to ten dollar entree in the U.S. So it's not like it's uh, you know, it wasn't super expensive or anything. Chinese food's always funny. It's like when you go to dim sum. When I go to dim sum with people that aren't Chinese, and then I order my favorite, which is the um, what is what is the the chicken feet uh that's red. And then, and then people are always like, what the fuck is that? And it's always funny because it's like not really meat. I don't know if you've ever had it. It's like not really meat. Yeah. It's, it's a little weird, but I love it because I ate that stuff since I was like a little kid. Well, so. So, so I went to, I, I went to a Persian restaurant last week and um, I didn't order it this time. But like last time I went there with my parents, my dad's always like ordering brain and tongue. <sighs> and it is tasty, but it's like one of those things where if you take it out of the culture yeah. – yeah. You take like people who are not from that culture there, they're um they're a little skeptical of you. <laughs> yeah, I think I think cow brain, maybe maybe not the way to go. But uh but I'm back. I'm back, we're back. I, I missed some stuff. You gave me updates. You and she gave me daily updates, so I was I was up to date. Uh but uh, the, the we'll talk about Wiggins, by the way, because I woke up to two hundred texts that day from you. Um quite <laughs> I, possibly my I, favorite I, day. I think my favorite thing about you traveling was um, it, you try to play like the dude who does not care about anything, <laughs> but I could see you were getting bored and you were missing Warrior Games. Like you were upset that you couldn't watch Wiggins and Kai Bowman run a pick and roll. And um, that's, that's the type of thing that only weirdos do. I missed four games. I was really sad. I, I think I only was able to watch like one out of the four games that, that he played. And at certain points, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to have to stay home for a little bit. I'm just going to have to miss out on this particular day, like half the day, because um, games were at like 8 a.m. So I was just like, all right, well, I just, I'm just going to have to stay in until like 11 a.m. and just watch this. Um, but I just, the season's fun again. The season's fun. So it just became one of those things where I'm like, well, because uh, as much as you watch D'Angelo, we were always kind of forcing it a little bit. With Wiggins, we, we might be, but, you know, it was great. It was a good time. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy I'm all in. I'm all in on draft stuff now. I mean, we're all in on draft stuff. It's you like know, a brand you know new I love, season. You know what I love most about the Wiggins trade? This is Joe Lacob and Steve Kerr literally throwing their <laughs> junk on the table and being like, yeah, we're light years ahead of everyone, and we're going to prove it. By turning the guy you all think is a joke into a good player. That's kind of how I view the Wiggins thing. It's like, uh, it's like, it's not just a double down. It's like a triple down on their culture. Like it could go either way, but like at least they kind of have the balls to make that gamble. And I, I feel like you and I, I like D'Lo. I'm going to probably like him going into the future, but you always felt like it was a little bit of a holding pattern. I wanted to see them like actually make a move that had consequences to it. You always knew they were looking to shop Dilo for something else. 
Yeah, you know what? You know what? That's a take I want to get into. Um, actually, you know, before before we get started, we probably should have done this at the top, but we're only a couple minutes in. We're brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Uh, it's our new sponsor. We're gonna have them for like half a year. We're gonna do like sponsored segments. Uh, you type in a promo code Blue Wire, you can get a fifty percent deposit bonus on your first deposit. So it's all great. We're Andy sponsored Lou, by BetOnline. Andy Lou will double your winnings if you. If you win one hundred dollars at Andy, and he will Venmo you another hundred. <laughs> confirmed, confirmed. Special for the first thirty days uh, of us getting. But I think I think we just got this for the last few weeks, so this is great. Um, but hey, I I want to get on that note with you because um, that that people are mad about Warriors, about what Steve Kerr said, about what the media is doing with D'Lo, saying how they're like kind of shitting on him on his way out. I'm confused because I'm more like, what do you expect Steve Kerr to say when he has a player that the team traded for? We, you get, if you're a fan that covers the Warriors or knows the Warriors, you get that they're going to trade him or look to trade him. But is Steve Kerr supposed to say that? Is he supposed to come out and just, it's a business, right? At the end of the day, you're not. I was, I, I, I hate to appropriate other people's, you know, uh, thoughts and kind of ideas, but like, I was listening to Simmons right before we started recording, and Ryan Rosillo basically summed it up. Have you never had a job that had any sort of power? Like, sometimes you have to lie. <laughs> there you, you go. You want Steve Kerr to say, ah, I really don't like this player. Like, so it's, I, I do get it. I will say, I don't understand why Steve feels the need to say it, but. Mm. That's kind of also who Steve is. Like, you can't have the, the good, which is kind of his, like, ideology and his coaching brain, his creativity, without the bad, which is he's very unafraid to let you know if he disagrees with something, right? Yeah, he, he did. Okay, so that's fair. I think that's fair. Where he did go out of his way a little bit and just say, hey, he, he was not it – it was a tough fit, that kind of stuff, which kind of also tells me, though, like – do you think other players felt that way? Like that that kind of tells me that it wasn't just Steve Kerr that felt, you know, D'Angelo Russell wasn't a good part of this team. Like it, it are feels you saying, like maybe are you saying traffic cop Draymond wasn't a fan? <laughs> he might not have been a fan, I think. Um <laughs> I do agree. I think um I think something that's missed among Warrior fans is the core buys into Kerr's ideology. Like more than anyone. Like Draymond, Steph, Clay, they all understand how the system makes them better and they're very into it. So if you don't think someone's going to fit that system or play as hard, and I'm talking both ways, both the defensive and the offensive system, um, maybe maybe they don't believe into it. I think I also think fans probably have a hard time deciphering. You can like a person and still not think they fit, right? Like I don't think anyone had like a personal issue with Dilo. Um, yeah, I, I that that's the thing. I think we, I think he was just kind of like whatever. He was kind of like not a bad guy and not like a, not like the greatest guy in terms of culture or, or locker room fit. Not like as a person, but um, you watch him play, and I, I, I guess it kind of makes sense too. You're saying like most guys are bought into Kerr's system. I mean, Draymond is right. I would say Draymond probably is because that system kind of fits him perfectly, and he makes the system go when they have really good players around him. It makes them elite. So. Um, so that, I mean, that's could tough. you imagine Draymond in Houston? Or, like, I mean, pick any number of teams who kind of operate. Just, you know, we put our best players in high pick and roll and everyone else spaces. Like, 
he doesn't fit. Like, what could he do if he was on the Lakers, for example? Like, of course he buys into Kerr's system because he's a good basketball player, but, like, more than anything, like, it's kind of a system that brings the best out of him. Yep. Uh, Unless it's shooting threes, which uh, I don't think it'll ever happen. Um, (laughs) But, but. Back to Wiggins. Um, yeah, but if he if he makes two threes in a row, I'm still gonna throw up that meme of like you know everyone everyone's a gangster until till Draymond starts throw, shooting threes. <laughs> That's that meme gets me every time. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, he he still makes. I mean, I don't know the numbers on it, but that Portland series when he was making big threes, that's the type of thing where it's like, man, like I still, like I'm still going to He's the greatest 20% three-point shooter of all time. (laughs) I'm still going to believe when it's a close series um, that he's going to make some threes. You know who they do need to make some threes that I don't know if he's a great three or maybe good or consistent. How about consistent three-point shooter Um, is Andrew Wiggins. Because uh, that's really all they need him to do, right? They don't need him to do. Oh, I disagree. I think they need him. Um, he needs to hit threes, but like I actually mm. think his value slashing is higher than his. Like he needs to be able to hit enough threes to be a credible threat. But I think his value slashing is much bigger. Is he a better uh, scorer than Harrison Barnes? That's not a good question. I think he, you know what I, you know what I see with him. Um, he's got quickness exploding to the rim that Harrison Barnes could never have. Yep. And like we've, we've talked both of their issues. The reason neither of them are true stars, like, you know, the next tier of caliber player is they don't have good handles, but I would argue Wiggins actually has superior athletic gifts. Yes. To, to Barnes, Barnes actually is a little more functional as a four because he's stronger. But, like, the first three games, I'm watching Kai Bowman, Damian Lee, Draymond. Like, these aren't good lineups, right? And, like, literally just by proxy of the system, Wiggins just gets a handoff and can explode to the rim. That's going to have value to the Warriors next year when you have Steph and Clay out there. Yeah, those are easy points. Those are like, I mean, not easy, but like those are easy, like for him, where it's like he's just athletic. He's fluid. He can, yeah, he can get there. He's quick. Um, He he is. um, I I didn't see, just I rewatched like one of the games. So I watched it or watching two. Um, you know, not not too many like terrible shots. Apparently, I don't I haven't watched many Minnesota games outside of the beginning of the season when they were fun to watch. But he apparently he hasn't shot many long twos this season, so that's good. the The issue is though, Harry B was a guy that guarded fours, and for the playoffs, great. Like he can fit in, he can maybe drop fifteen to twenty when you need him to. But man, Draymond can't guard the five and the four. <laughs> yeah, so I actually. Something we, we haven't got. What if they go small? Something we haven't talked about. Um, friend of the show, uh, Andre Godala, will not be coming back to the Warriors next year. Sad times. So, but what that opens up for Wiggins is I don't think Wiggins needs to be the four. I think I've seen people argue with me if Wiggins needs to gain weight so he can play the four. And I'm sitting here going. I feel like I don't want him to gain any weight because if he loses quickness, he's lost like his number one attribute. Right. Like if anything, they need to add another wing 
to be the small ball four. But I think Wiggins, actually, his value is more being able to switch one through three than it is being able to guard the bigs. Okay. You, you get what oh, I'm saying? Like he's, right, right. He's very – the one thing I've noticed through the first three games, um, beyond engagement factor, because he's he obviously has that, like, I'm on a new team, I want to show everyone what I can do type of energy. He's um, – He's a lot. He's he reminds me of Young Clay. Where remember Young Clay? You're like he's really good on ball, but you didn't like him off ball defensively. Yeah. That's kind of uh, the Wiggins type of thing. And if that's who he is, that's fine. I don't need him to be Harrison Barnes. They just need to add a another wing who you know is more that guy. Or maybe it's Pascal. Maybe Pascal grows into it. Right. That's uh, uh, that, that's a that's a great one as well. They also still have that seventeen million dollar uh, trade exception, and um, that's another one. You talk about Joe Laco putting his balls on the table. By the way, that that I think is part of it is where he said, "Hey, look, we're not going to pay the tax this season," which I, I think is fine, just because they've paid the tax so much the last couple of years. And if you're going to win twelve games, like okay, look, fine. But next season, he's pretty much said, "Listen, if we're going to be good again, and we plan to be good again." I'm going to pay the tax again. And you know the numbers. If they're going to use that trade exception, if we're going to use the tax player mid-level once they get into the tax, that's a shit ton of money that they're going to pay, right? Because they're going to already you know, nearly be there if they use that exception. Um, but those are two legit, I think, rotation players with those two chips. Um, whatever, the, whatever they use out of the $17 million trade exception and then the mid-level, right? I think those are two guys that you would expect to play 20 minutes a night, whoever they may be. Absolutely. Um, so maybe that's going to be the four. So maybe that's going to be who they're looking at. I just, you know, I just don't know who it is. But I, I think the trade is worth it from that perspective, just to say, look, we can't work with D'Angelo, uh, no matter how much we're going to act like, you know, it might. And then the other thing is, um, do you think they traded up for it too early? Because they probably could have got that lottery pick, which is great. Um, but the more you know, maybe the they more I talk to, one. the more I talk to people and think about it. Um, I think they were sitting in a situation where they could have got more picks, but they would have been more protected. Mm. Or they just wanted the one. Like, they're gambling heavy on Minnesota being bad next year. You know? (laughs) Like, here's the reality of the situation. Good good gamble. Would Would you rather have two to three picks in the teens, or would you rather have one pick in the top eight? Right, if those are the options, give me the top eight, given that the draft next season is supposedly stacked, right? So I think that's a great point. I mean, give me give me that pick, because now we're talking about two seasons in a row where the Warriors are almost at the Niners. God, by the way, I have to watch the fucking Dang, Niners on the, yeah, on the second day of my vacation. Um, give me two shots, right, in the top five. I mean, next year's top three protected, but you don't think the, the, the Timberwolves probably aren't going to be in like the top Top three bottom team, you still well, have. Well, it's top three protected. So but, right. even, even if it, if the pick projects to, um, you know, if they if they end up winning the lottery, the Warriors aren't going to get it. But I think you know, top three protected is is, is okay. I, I think Minnesota's probably going to have like a like you said, like a worst eight record kind of thing. Like they're not going to be the worst team, and like they still have those two guys. But you know, two yeah, two eight, like seventh uh, overall is not unrealistic, which is. Really, I mean, again, that's where they get Steph Curry. Um, 
if they still had, well, actually, they still have the guy that drafted Steph uh, on the scouting team, uh, Larry Harris, I think. Well, so Steph has to um, be available in the draft, but yes, point well, stands. <laughs> um, I do think the more the more I kind of. I was not happy. You remember when when they first traded for him? I think I think you had kind of heard that the Warriors were looking at Wiggins like a few days before it happened, and we were kind of joking about it. But when it really happened, it was just like fuck. Yeah, uh, my my perspective is I don't know if it'll work out, but I kind of respect them gambling on their culture. Like I'm curious if it doesn't work out, if Wiggins is the same old, yeah, you know, like the guy that we made fun of in Minnesota, right? And the Warriors just ruin their core. Well, the, I'll, I'll rip Joe Lacob and Myers and Kerr and all those guys. But I'm kind of curious. Like, they just they made it more interesting is all I'm saying. Uh, the culture is a fair point. I think this season it kind of shows you always talk about culture when you're winning because when you're winning, you can talk about whatever you want. But, like, Marquise Chris seems like he loves the team. He came back. Uh, maybe he had no choice but come back. Glenn Robinson, he, the seems third. Like he loves it. Yeah. He seems like he loves it. Like he may even come back. He might be one of those wing guys that you can get with the mid level. Although I don't know if I'd do that. But like Alec Burke seems like he loves it. Like a oh, lot okay, of these wait, guys. Can we, can we talk about that? Do you not like Glenn Robinson yeah. third? I just you know if I'm gonna if you're gonna have to pay six million dollars and go in, I don't I don't you know. Think, you like, think I, they I think do he's better. fine. Yeah, I think he's fine. But maybe give me a give me a gamble on someone with a little more upside. I think I think with GR three you kind of know what he's gonna give. Um, I'm actually maybe. I think I might disagree with you. I'm actually intrigued because I forgot how young he was. Um, he he obviously tore his ACL, and I think that set back his career. But he's he turned 26 a month ago. I think there's I think there's upside to be locked there. Like I think he can be more of a legit three and D type of guy than we get, give him credit for. Maybe maybe it's because I thought he was 29. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's like when I found out he was actually like two to three years younger than I expected that like my mind was like, Oh wow, that's interesting. Right. But, um, I think there's levels to be unlocked with him that are, you know, I think maybe you're undervalued. You have, you have been a GR three stand this season, by the way, uh, we are going to play the age game with their Andrew Wiggins for a while. He is still 24. Remember we did that with Harrison. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, wait, before we get to uh, the next segment, let me let me do Bet Online. Uh, so we're gonna take a quick break. Tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all things sports. March Madness coming up. The Masters. I think they're doing the Masters in SF this year, or one of the Masters. Um, Harding Park, I believe, and Major League Opening Day, which should be fun for the Houston Astros, are right around the corner. Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, sport uh, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. The best part, when you sign up, you receive a 50% welcome bonus. Um, the Wilder Fury rematch goes down this Saturday night. We can't think of a better way to wager on the fight than doing it with actual free money. That might be the only reason why I watch boxing, actually. Um, head over to betonline.ag. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to revive your 50% welcome bonus on the first deposit. Uh, we signed up. Super easy. We're, and if you're already into betting, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE. All one word. So when you sign up at betonline.ag, uh, there you go, fifty percent off. Um, are we going to talk about the Houston Astros? I feel like that's kind of a big deal. It's just kind of a big sports thing. I, by the way, I want to, uh, I want to say, incredibly lame by the Giants with Aubrey Huff. Oh come on, oh dude, my. you're trying to rewrite your history because he tweets some unwoke stuff. Come on, okay, it's, first of it's all. lame. 
It's first of all, the guy is not unwoke. The guy is racist. First of all, dude, he's straight racist. Anti-Iranian stuff. I'm Iranian, and I can (laughs) deal with it. You have no right to be offended. I think he's an idiot, but he was your best player in 2010. There's no denying it. He was the cleanup hitter. He led the team in home runs. He led the team in RBIs. These are things that happened. I'm quite certain that they don't want to deal with the backlash of booze at a, at a World Series celebration. And I can guarantee you he's going to oh, get Oh, of booze. course. But th- <laughs> doesn't it make you think, like, I'm, I'm just saying this from, like, I, obviously I don't agree with anything Aubrey Huff tweets. Just, just, <laughs> I just want to put that clear out there in case anyone's wondering. But, like, so he's a moron. So what? Like, I guess my whole point is, like, really... Like, you really want to just erase someone from history because they, you know, think... I, you, I'm having a hard time getting fully to where I want to get as I'm saying this, but, like, come on, bro. It's not that serious. I don't... I, I Look, listen. The guy's an idiot. If I don't, you know, I, and, I, and, and the Giants... Here's the thing with the Giants, too. Man, they, they've gone through some fuck-ups the last couple seasons. The team sucks. They're under fire right now for a team that's going to tank, for a team that yeah, doesn't but it, tank. Yeah, but at least Brandon Crawford likes the right things on Twitter, right? <laughs> well, I don't even think he likes anything on Twitter. The guy's boring <laughs> as hell, like Buster Posey. Larry Bear goes through his shit. Uh, and, you know, the team's kind of – they're kind of a mess. You know, they're kind of a mess. They bring in far anxiety to, to kind of clean this thing up. And I think that, you know, the last thing you want to do is just kind of – Hey, let's go celebrate our World Series, which is what they do every single year. It's amazing. But do you think they brought more attention to it? Uh, like, I don't. That's, I guess that's my listen. I'm, I, I'm a. Jo- that's my I fundamental think- question. Um, let me let me take a step back. You know, because like I obviously am a big believer in free speech, even if it's uncomfortable. Uh, but I did they bring more attention by doing this than not? I don't know. I, I don't know, but I think just from the perspective of would I want him there if I'm a Giants fan? No, I don't want him there. And I, I think that I don't know if I could speak for the rest of Giants fans. I think that most Giants fans would be like, hey, listen, guy's an idiot. I don't care. Maybe some Giants fans, the older ones, are going to be like, I don't care if he's there. Right. But for me, it's just like, I don't want to see him there. The guy's a moron, man. He said some shit where it's just like, maybe he's playing the part up, but yeah, come on. Get this, get this guy out of here. Get this fucking guy out of here. I, I'd gladly. Re- re- uh, don't ask me if I'd, you know, want to take away the 2010 World Series, though. <laughs> Maybe that's something you can ask. <laughs> Maybe that's something you can ask Astro fans. What are, what are they, 2017? I actually thought maybe they would take away that World Series. Now, that would be – has that ever, ever even happened in sports history? Like, that I would mean, be I – so, you know me. I think the Astros are generationally talented. Yeah. And I've been told by people that, like, this is kind of a – everyone knew about this for, like – over a year like it's not a new thing and you know people aren't coming to light years to hear about you know our <laughs> baseball takes but it is really fascinating to me um i don't know how like does this not make you want to watch baseball more now like aren't you now curious if they're really that good by the way that is the uh uh i, I heard someone say that it was just like hey maybe it's good for baseball honestly i agree with you i may watch astro games like not a lot but I may tune into like Sunday Night Baseball and watch some Astros games this season. Yeah, like and isn't see, that what baseball you needs? As, you see Astros versus A's or Astros versus Dot or uh, sorry Yankees. You kind of want to tune in to see if they're going to fight. <laughs> yes, you want to know that they hate each other. 
like that that's the thing like that's what the nba needs they need they need the warriors again they need someone to hate nobody there's no nothing in the nba today that's where like ah you know the only thing people hate are the players you know not playing basketball games <laughs> uh yeah we, i mean if yahoo sports is out here just throwing up these videos you know kind of shitting on warrior fans and i'm i'm just like dude they're <laughs> I think the whole starting lineup is on 10-day contracts. <laughs> like, you know, who cares, right? Like, let's wait till Steph and Clay come back and let's get this rivalry going again. That's what, uh, that is what the world needs. They they need the Warriors to be hated. Like, that that's, that's sports. You need a villain. You need a hero or a supposed hero. You need a supposed villain. Like, that's what makes it fun. Um, I am, uh, I'm excited for the Warriors to get there again um, to kind of, to bring it back, bring it back full circle. I, I am uh, also uh, in the last couple weeks while on vacation have been all in on draft coverage, which Sam has been all year, which it kind of just the man puts in the work. It's kind of it's kind of fun. Day. I feel like we're going back to our roots. I, w- I want to talk about it on. So I'm trying not to go too heavily into draft coverage um, just because we have all spring, <laughs> right? We're not going to be breaking down second round series versus the Houston Rockets. We're going to be talking about if uh, Denny uh, Zia has uh, the hip fluidity to be a to be. Is a it Azia? Is it pronounced Azia? By the way, you sold me on him. I'm, I've been watching clips and reading up on him. That's my guy now. Um, I mean, I, I knew you high IQ wing. Like he's I mean, 6'10 and he can handle. Come on. I mean, he very much might be Mario Hazonia. But but on paper it looks really good. Oh hey, I I am also I've been kind of uh, there's there has to be something to be said about I talked about Warriors culture earlier, but the development, um, whatever the development team that the Warriors put together this season, I think they've done a pretty decent job. I think some guys some guys have grown. Um, guys look good, like Glenn Robinson, like you said, he's been good. Alec Burks, he's a veteran, but he's been good. I, th- uh, I think there's Chris irony to good. the fact that they're so good at everything except developing shooting. You know what I mean? Like, considering Steve Kerr's the coach and, like, the team's identity is built around Steph and Clay, and they're so good at developing everything except shooting. Like, they even draft a dude who's supposedly a shooter and he can't make a shot. <laughs> he could do everything else, though. Yeah, he's, I, I, didn't, I didn't know Jordan Poole could handle and pass like that, but, like, I kind of thought he could make a shot. <laughs> he kind of thought maybe he would be shooting twenty two percent from three, but uh, but it is funny. Maybe they got him to become like a. They didn't know. They kind of fell ass backwards into it, where he's like, you know, he's going to be a really good backup point guard, but he's just somebody compared him to Patty Mills. Did you do that? I thought that was a great comparison. No, uh, but that's kind of um, that would be a dream scenario, right? Yeah, well, because well, like he could run an offense, and you kind of don't want him to have the bonus hands all the time. But as a backup guy, you can have him run an offense, That's, and he's a so, good shooter. So that ties into we have a few questions, and I want to kind of let's get to them now. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Baltej at Baltej NBA, and please let me know if I'm oh, we, pronounce that. By the way, we should do bet online, uh, podcast bet bet online mailbag. <laughs> That's what we're gonna call it for the next year. Bet online light years mailbag promo the code bet online. Dot ag question of the week from Baltej at, at Baltej NBA, um, who's a good follow, and I've really enjoyed conversing with him. And please let me know if I mispronounce your name. Um, Warriors haven't had a legitimate backup point guard for Curry for a while. Do you think they should target that with the mid level exception over a wing? 
Um, I well, I think the trade exception is the one that they can use for more money. Um, and I think that's it. Kind of depends what they're gonna get with that. Um, so I, I guess it depends. If I were to pick, I would go wing first, though. Just just to kind of, um, I'll, I'll let you kind of answer. We can dive deep into it, but I go wing first. I would also go wing first. Um, one thing I wanted to say. So the Warriors are playing Jordan Poole at point guard, and he might actually be a point guard for their system. Like they're. They essentially run a variation of the triangle. And the the plus side of that is you don't need a point guard. You need a few ball hit. You need like one to two high IQ players to be the hub of the offense. Yep. Um, and what that means is you can get away with playing someone like Jordan Poole at point guard. And what that means is you can be bigger in the backcourt. If you remember the Chicago Bulls in the 90s, they never really had a point guard. They had like the two guard front or they played two shooting guards who could kind of handle like Jordan and Harper, that sort of yep. thing. And it does bring other advantages if you can bring the talent into it. So my general perception is I wouldn't prioritize a point guard. It would be nice to get another six five, six four, maybe six seven guy who can handle the ball a little bit and make him the de facto point guard. Um but but yeah. I saw I saw uh she texted us Ricky Rubio. Um, it seems like that'd be a trade exception target. Love Ricky Rubio. One of my favorite players coming to the league. Now, not so much because he can't shoot, but love Rubio. I just, I don't know. Like, that's a lot of money for a guy that... Yeah, they're, I, I don't think know? they're going to do that. I, I kind of threw out DeLon Wright. Uh, he's on the outs in Dallas. He's making like 8 to $9 million. Um, He doesn't fit with Luka, but he might actually be... Uh, DeLon Wright, huh? It's yeah. a lot of money for DeLon Wright, though. He's a, he's a good 6'5 ball handler. Yeah, I actually think that the one thing the Warriors do better than anyone is take those guys who are like, you know, mid, you know, they're they're not, they're 6'5, they're 6, you know, 6'6, six, six, something like that. They can't really shoot, but they're smart. They can make them functional, like the Sean Livingston type of thing. I mean, Sean Livingston is 6'8, but um, <laughs> that type of thing. Like the has got a long wingspan, though. There's not a lot of teams who can use guys like that anymore because most teams were like, "I want guys who can shoot around my core, and that's it." You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then the other thing with the Warriors is they do kind of maybe they're, they're they think they're smarter than the rest of the league by doing this, but and the rest of the league d- does do part of this, but kind of picking up guys that are that are high pedigree. Although Delon Wright was a first round pick, though not high. Uh, but kind of kind of guys that are just you know, Josh Jackson. I saw his name, uh, which is funny because I never even liked Josh Jackson. But right. just kind of guys that were drafted high, talented. Maybe got the got the athleticism, got the you know, kind of kind of got the numbers and stuff. Tools. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, from our friend Kevin, do you have a childhood story of another immigrant kid? Who your parents always wished you to become? God, like so many. Um, I have a story. Uh, my, it's my childhood friend. Uh, we grew up uh, middle school together, and it's not like my parents aren't really the type to be like, oh, you should be like him, you should be like him, whatever. Um, but you can just tell because my buddy turned out to be a doctor, or he's doing his residency now in New York, um, uh, urologist. Funny enough, but. He every time he comes and visits, you know, sometimes he comes back home or whatever, and he knows my mom very well. 
uh, because we grew up together. And my mom would be like, oh, Andrew, his name's Andrew. How are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And she's just like super happy to see him. I'm like, mom, what the fuck is this? You know, why, why, why are you super happy? Because my mom knows she's a doctor. And it's like pretty standard. I don't think my mom knows what I do. You know, like I tell my mom, like, hey, I do sales at Salesforce. Oh, that's the best like, part. Whatever. You explain it to them and they're like, yeah, yeah, I don't that's give a great, shit. That's great, but have you thought about going back to medical school? <laughs> and so I could just tell my mom's super happy whenever she talks to him. And it's always super funny because because uh, my buddy, he's like the nicest guy. And he's not like, you know, the doctors kind of have this rep of being an asshole sometimes. But he's just like a good sure. dude. And you can see my mom's just super happy to see him and all my other. And it's all it's always great because she sees sometimes my other friends. And, and it's like, you know, kind of whatever reactions. But this guy. You yeah, know, I mean, I've, I've, I've met a handful of your friends. I would, I would have the same reaction as your mom. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. All right, uh, from Gabriel Velez, also great follow. Did Andy become thirstier since coming <laughs> back from Asia? When it comes to wanting to see quality basketball, as well as his thirst trap tweets for random chicks from Korean shows. Holy! <laughs> I uh, hey, listen. Um, I look. I am attracted to one type of girl. Sam knows. I'm attracted to the fobiest looking girls. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, someone asked me. Someone told me yesterday that fob was a racial slur, and I'm like, man, I'm getting old because <laughs> because like you and I grew up. That's just like it's just a joke that you say for like your friend who. You know, their mom might pack the lunch that just smells like very traditional food. That's my. That was me, by the way. <laughs> you talk about Fabi. Uh, I, I am attracted to the Fabi. Hey, um, in terms of quality basketball, I Steph's going to be back in like two weeks. Um, I am so excited for the last few weeks of Steph, Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, and a t- Marquise Chris. You know, Kevon Looney if he ever fucking gets healthy. Um, but kind of the team should be like relatively normal by then. The Warriors might even win a few games. So I am I am getting a little thirsty for good hoops. I mean, we're we're kind of we're getting there. And Clay might not play this season. You know, I don't he think might, he's playing. Might this really season. not. Yeah, he I might think really it's not. over. I don't think that they're going to. I mean, if he plays, he's going to have a twenty minute per game minute restriction for four games. You know what I mean? I think I'm okay with that. I think I kind of. Oh, if I, he, would, if he, I would love to watch it. Don't get me wrong, but like, yeah. I don't think like. Well, not also, like. You really gonna have Clay play forty five minutes when you're eighteen and sixty three, and you need <laughs> come on. Uh, um, he, uh, I am excited for Steph to come back, even though it's not gonna be the roster construct of next year. Uh, but just like I need to see someone who can hit a jump shot. <laughs> this offense is is atrocious. Andrew Wiggins is is fun. He's been fun to watch, but uh, Damian you know, Lee got his guarantee. Offenses for for everyone. The offense actually. One, it's made me um, a bigger fan of Kerr because I think the offenses actually look good. But it's just a subtle reminder that most people don't know what they're talking about because, like, you can put a lot of players in this offense and they won't be good. And you can put Steph or Clay in a lot of offenses and maybe they wouldn't be as good. Like, it takes a confluence of both. Like, you know... The offense is generating a lot of shots, but it really only works because of how talented Steph Curry is. Does that make sense? That's that's perfect. That is the greatest. Uh, that's it's all about Steph. No, but I, I'm with you. I think that the uh, um, 
Kerr has been kind of impressive this season. One of those things where you're like, it's you know, subtle, like that. The yeah, margins yeah. are like he's he's increased their chance to win five percent a game that they weren't going to win to begin with. You know, I think defensively pretty impressive too, though. I oh yeah, defensively more so. Yeah, it, yeah. We're, isn't it kind of funny the dudes? a shooter who couldn't guard anyone and like the thing he values more than anything is defense and the thing he doesn't value is jump shooting. That's funny because when I play basketball, it's I mediocre shooter below average probably at best, but very good defensively. All I care about is defense when I play nowadays. So Steve Kirk, quite the opposite. Um, although kind of the drawback is he's a role player and he likes to get role players involved. <laughs> that has been the Achilles yeah. heel of uh, of Steve Kirk. But the uh, I think defense is part of it as well. Where D'Angelo Russell was just like, dude, there was never any. Like we try to do the D'Lo's kind of long, you know, maybe he fits in this think, culture, that what, kind um, of thing. I think right? what bothered them more than anything was the effort. Uh, I I don't think anyone in the Warriors was like under the impression they could make D'Angelo Russell Kawhi Leonard, you know. But I think it bothered them that he didn't even try. Yeah. Did you like, was it like he didn't try or just didn't look like he tried? It felt like probably both, like just the way he is. Both, yeah. Yeah. Just the way he is. Just, he kind of just moves around like he doesn't give a shit. And then maybe he just doesn't. Cause you look, I mean, you look at, the, you look at Minnesota next season, man, like talk about like a team that they're probably going to score like, you know, efficiency, efficiency. Yeah. They're going to be in the top half of the league, maybe better top 10. But then defensively, if your point guard and your center don't play defense, like how can you win forty games? I just I don't see how can they like that. Has, that's has anyone be taken a, a has anyone taken a bigger stock hit than Carl Anthony Towns in season? Right? What wasn't I harping for Cat in the first like month of the season? I was all in, and since then it's been just miserable. And I, I, where does he get off? By the way, and, and just kind of saying like he's essentially acting like he's Jimmy Butler now. Where he's right. like, I'm used to getting disrespected. I'm used to this. I'm used to that. Um, you Dude, think Jimmy Butler didn't like Cat, or was it Wiggins, or was it both? Like, I don't know at this point. I, I mean, it seems like it was Towns. Towns has a serious level of entitlement. Uh, our friend uh, Ethan Sherwood Strauss, who won't send us a free book, by the way. Legend. But uh, <laughs> I, I respect Ethan so much for literally being like, you're, you're going to buy it. So, anyway, that's a different story. Um, I'm going to tell Ethan I'm not even going to read it. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> no, that's, that's my guy. Um, <laughs> but I think he, he, he was talking with uh, someone about it, uh, about the, um, the, the stereotype that Kentucky guys are entitled. And um, I, I, that, I can't stop thinking about that when I see Towns because Towns just strikes me as the most, like, Oh, if you put a team around me, I'll actually try on defense. But it's like, dude, that's not what a leader does. A leader actually like tries on defense to get people around him to try. Yeah, that is uh it's it's not great. It's not a great environment there. And that and that's what the Warriors are banking on, right? Like they, they do enough scouting, right. they do enough background research where it's like, well, Wiggins had something great, doesn't really give a shit. Um, Max contract guy, but is it because of mo- is it him or is it kind of the environment? And I think they're banking on maybe most of it was the environment, and like he can they can kind of change a little bit of how he um, how he operates and how he thinks. Um, so I think that's that's kind of worth uh, worth betting on. I mean, thirty million. You're 
thirty million a year for for three more years of Andrew Wiggins. It's kind of a big bet, but I huge think only, bet, huge <laughs> bet. They only need him to be. That's you know, kind of why I like it. But like, if it doesn't work out, I'm gonna be very upset. I was uh, I was tweeting yesterday about how it's it's kind of a startup vibe where you know what are they supposed to do? Yes, like, hang, hang yes. tight, you know, and just keep Igadala and kind of go on this route and just be you know kind of hang on for dear life here or kind of just be a little bit ruthless trade for someone you know you're gonna flip you know and then flip them again bet on yourself you know this kind of stuff it's very kind of silicon valley and you know joe lake i I think that the fundamental thing is like probably steve kerr wanted to keep Igadala and go the spurs route but warriors management does not want to be the spurs warriors management wants to be the 1980s Jerry Buss Lakers with like all like the, you know, hoopla and everything about it and like big gambles and magic and that sort of thing. Right. And I think that's the kind of the fundamental difference. Yeah. And the Spurs won five titles in what, 20 years. Like that's 15, but yes, 15. So that's one in three years, right? Like the Warriors won three in five. Like, so that, that the Warriors don't want to like, you know, 10 more years to win two more titles. Yeah. And the Spurs never went back to back. Exactly. And, um, you know, it's kind of true. You don't get a big reward without big risk. You know, the Lakers kept Shaq and Kobe together and three-peated, even though that was on the verge of combustion for how long, right? And then it finally combusted. So it's like when you bet big, you lose big, but you also win bigger. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think that, and I think if you're you're a fan and you're kind of watching this, you're like, yeah, dude, bet big every time. What? Do, I mean, you've got you've got some stuff to lose, but it's like, hey, it could work out well. And if you bet on your coaching staff and your culture, and really, you're betting on Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Like, really, like, like that's the thing here, right? Like, you're betting on those three guys to to bring Andrew Wiggins right forward and these two draft picks that they're going to get over the next couple of years. You're like betting on those guys where if you have Denny or you have Anthony Edwards, like you throw them into a situation where they have to play 30 minutes a game, like Colin Sexton or whatever these guys on these crappy teams. Yeah, they're fucked. They're going to be terrible. But if they're going to play on the Warriors where they only have to play 15 minutes a game, you know, and even play in the G League, like, you know, they might be stars in like three years when, when Steph and Clay are kind of on the downslope of their career. So I think that's kind of the bet. I think it's worth it. Yeah, and and from a um, from a podcast perspective, for us, I'm pretty <laughs> excited to spend the next like four months going through these prospects because it could go either way. Like the Warriors need to nail the pick. I don't think they're going to flip the pick. Ooh. Um, in no, next, you don't think in so. the next six months. I hmm. think they need. Um, so, which is to say, it doesn't mean they're not going to trade the player that they pick, but. To trade him, he needs to actually develop into being a good asset. So they need to nail the pick. Everything about their future is related to this pick. So whether whether this player turns out to be, you know, the Kawhi Leonard to Steph's Duncan, you know what I mean? Yep. Or if he's the piece that they package in a trade to get like Giannis or something, right? Um, they need they need to nail this pick. It's what have you been hearing about Giannis? Um, that up randomly. Um, <laughs> by the way, I'm going to Kokari this weekend. Can nice. I check out check out the Greek food scene in the Bay Area? Meat sweats coming. Yes, yes, exactly. But <laughs> I, but you, you you get what I'm saying, right? Like uh, if they if they if they make a mistake with who they pick, if it's a bust, 
<laughs> good luck getting like Giannis Embiid or anyone like that through a trade, right? Like I, I th- they, they they need this pick to be Brandon Ingram, Shea Gilgis Alexander, like that sort of thing where it's like you know you could either keep him and make him the piece to go around the team, or he could be the most attractive trade chip on earth to get you that in their prime superstar. That that's a great point because if you do that. And then you still have Wiggins as a salary guy to, to match the contract. And then you have a you have a top three protected first from Minnesota and an unprotected if it moves after twenty twenty one. That those are huge trade chips. Like though that becomes like a maybe a deal and then you throw in like five more first rounders and you can get Giannis. So that I like you to say five first rounds. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean that's actually kind of a good point because everyone talks about first rounders like they're equal. It's like, dude, you can have all my number 29 picks in the draft for Giannis, right? Like, what they want in return for Giannis, for example, is, like, one guy who they think has the potential to be, a, like, a you know, a cornerstone player. Um, Giannis always makes his way back onto the Light Years podcast. So, any other questions? Do we have anything, uh, any other from the Bet Online mailbag? Uh, we do. Let me get okay. back to it. Um, hmm. Let's see. Uh, I don't want to do those ones. All right, so I'm going to ignore. There's a bunch of questions about who the Warriors should target for the trade exception or the full mid-level. We're going to do full pods on this in the coming weeks. Obviously, it's going to be a slow-moving process till we get to free agency. I don't see the reason to like you know go deep into it right now. Um, but there is this one. If the Warriors can't trade Wiggins in a pick for a superstar, how far do you think core plus Wiggins plus pick can go? <clears throat> how far? How far, like, okay, in terms of playoffs? Yeah, I think, they, I think they could win a championship. I do, too. They need to nail their mid-level and the trade exception. Yep. What we're talking about right now is a, is a um, strength in numbers type title team. Which that's they've the, already won one that way. Yep. And I, I, I agree. That's that's nailing that is like nailing getting, you know, someone close to Igadala. Maybe not you're not gonna get someone like Igadala, but seventeen mil, ironically, from trading Igadala. And then the middle of accession is getting a Sean Livingston, right? Like that's nailing it. In, right. In so and, many and, ways. and people will say, you know, they didn't um, you know, you can't get players that good, but I will say Steph, Clay, and Draymond are better than they were in 2015. So they, they do need they need functional players. Like they need guys like you know why Toronto beat the Warriors last year? Um, beyond the Warriors falling apart healthy. It's because they they also had dead players like Marcus Saul. You know? Marcus Saul is someone the Warriors should target. They had um, they had like eight to nine good rotation players. Yeah, and if I the think, Warriors are going to win, they're going to have eight to nine good rotation players. That's that's the way, and I think their their top end is still going to be good enough. Like you talk about, they won the title in twenty fifteen, and now that's about five years ago. Now you talk about next series is going to be six years from now, but I think that they're better in terms of if you're in a playoff series and things kind of go to shit, like every playoff series is going to get to. Steph, Clay, and Draymond are better now in the future than they will be. Uh, back then just because they didn't know how to win back then they were new they were guys that were kind of trying to figure out how to win now they know how to win they've been through everything and uh unless they're 35 years old yeah i do think that you know they still have a chance to win that title with that that core um next season 
Yeah, and I'm with you there. That doesn't mean that they can win it. Like, we have to see what they do with everything else. But I do think they're in this interesting position where they can either build the strength in numbers roster or try to package everything to be another super team. I, you know, I will say this. Either way, I know we're, we're headed up on almost an hour here, but I am excited because I think either way, whatever they do is exciting. If they just want to, you know, you know, Embiid, Giannis, those guys stay, you know, whatever. Great. Um, league gets better. It's more fun. Then the Warriors use their trade exceptions. They use their draft picks. It's like now we get to see – not only do we get to see those young players develop, which is, you know, what we've always done as Warriors fans, but they're also contending, right? So we're not like – like the last couple of years, it's been like, ooh, let's hope Jacob Evans or Patrick McCall is good. But end of the day, like how fucking good can they really be? They're late-round draft picks. But now it's like they draft Anthony Edwards. And we get to see this top draft pick grow and we get to see them win 50 games, right? Like that's the best of both worlds. So we either, either get to see that or, you know, yeah, I, 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 like can't go wrong. I hate that I'm saying this because Giannis is my favorite non-warrior player, but like, Easily. don't you kind of want them to draft and develop for, for pure like ego standpoint? Yeah. Like that, that's, and that, and in my opinion, that's like the one that that's like the one thing that will elongate them to like, not only can they become the warriors and that their peak is so high that they've won so many titles, but also they can go Spurs route because if you draft and develop guys, like you said, and then hit on them, you, you just added like five more years to the window. If, if you hit, if you hit right. And I would say their window is probably four to five more years. If you add five more, that's a decade. Right, if yeah. they hit on these new dra- next Probably two drafts. That's what um, gets me excited, though, man. Like That's that's kind of like over the vacation, just sitting there in, in, uh, in Malaysia, just kind of thinking like, man. I like how you are in Malaysia with the Warriors trading for Andrew Wiggins, and it reignited your passion. It did. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, Andrew Wiggins uh, has brought Warriors fans back to life. We'll see how long that lasts. How much, by the way, how true is it because everyone hates Wiggins? that that makes you want it to work out a little more. Oh, come on. Come on. You know that's as as <laughs> as, as fellow villains of Twitter, um, how much fun are we going to have if Andrew Wiggins becomes like a You know what if he wins I'm like so a, exci- I'm so excited you know? for people to be like Wiggins was the number one pick. How much help does Steph have? <laughs> I mean, we're ready for this. This this has given us a we're breath built. of fresh we've, we've already done like couple, you know. Come on. Man. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, we'll record Lightyear's Premium, I'm sure, this week. Uh, We'll be back uh, next week, I'm sure. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.